Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Herridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. This morning, our major indexes opened in negative territory, but we were able to once again hit new all-time highs here today for the NASDAQ and the Russell 2000. We did see the Dow and the S&P slip just, just barely here going into the close. But after the, the period that we just had, these last seven days or so, where we continue update, update, that is fantastic. But to take a little little pause like we saw today is nothing that we're too concerned about here. It was bound to come at some point, but we continue to see strength in this market. Markets that open lower and finish higher on the day is the sign of strength. And we saw that even with some of our major indexes finishing lower today because they finished well above where they opened this morning. And that's exactly what we've been a broken record about here is the strength in this market and the level of liquidity. When you see $20 trillion of global stimulus of fiscal and monetary policy stimulus, that is fuel to the fire on a market that continues to look like it wants to head higher here. And so the question becomes, how much longer can that continue? And who's to really say here with this level of liquidity in the system, unlike we've really ever seen before, all traditional metrics have basically been thrown out the window at this point. Right now, the message that you see from sentiment index, uh, sentiment surveys, they're nowhere near um, you, uh, euphoria levels at all. So the people who are long, don't want to get out of this market. Those who are on the fence would like to get a pullback before they get in, which tells us, once again, there is liquidity to continue moving this market higher. And then, of course, you got the rest who just want to keep hating on this market because they might have missed it. Uh, the, like I said, the traditional setups that people like to see aren't may not be working right now. So it's got a lot of people frustrated, but, man, this market looks like it just wants to continue heading higher. And it's much like, you know, I go back and do some research on the dot-com tech boom. We see this as a very similar major melt-up that could last for some time here. Uh, our markets are at overbought conditions now, so that it is typically when you would get a pause. But this market has been anything but typical, so only time will tell. And we do see that these are we continue to believe that the pauses are going to be short and sweet. All right, so looking at our markets on the day, we were led by the Russell 2000, has been our leader for some time, up four tenths of one percent today, new all time high at 2,299. We were followed there by the NASDAQ, which closed above 14,000 for the first time ever. It seems like just yesterday, and it wasn't that long ago that I was talking about the 13,000 number. And those round numbers are important psychological levels there. Um, once you get above those levels, it makes it a lot easier. You're in blue sky territory. There's no resistance above. Everybody who's in it has a profit. So makes it even easier for our markets to continue heading higher. And then for our laggards on the day, the Dow just barely finishing lower, down 0.03% to 31,375. And lastly here, the S&P 500 down just over one-tenth of 1% 1 to 3,911. Both of those did hit new all-time intraday highs, though, today. 
Uh, one area of interest here, the VIX, despite all of our major indexes hitting new all-time highs yesterday, did finish higher. It did finish higher again today, just up slightly, still at a 21. So compared to where it's been um, since the coronavirus insanity lockdowns, that's a pretty a fairly low level for the VIX here, but something to keep an eye on. Looking at our internals on the day, advances beating out declines fairly nicely here. Not quite uh, two to one, maybe about one and a half to one positive on the day, but new 52 week highs to lows. Just wow. 979 stocks hitting new 52 week highs to just 12 hitting new 52 week lows, showing that the, the breadth of this market is truly impressive. And lastly here, volume was interesting. It did come in negative on the NYSE, so something to watch there as well. But on the NASDAQ, finishing over 3 to 1 positive on the day-to-day. Looking at our sectors, we finished with 6 out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. Real estate leading the way, followed by communication services, which hit a new all-time high today, followed by industrials, healthcare, utilities, and financials. Our laggards on the day... Energy led the way lower, which was surprising. Oil's higher on the day today, followed by materials, consumer discretionary, and then tech, which another surprising factor. The NASDAQ finished higher today, but tech finished lower, and the semis finished lower as well. So if you've been tuning in with us here, you know that's not what we want to see. Tech leads the market, and semis lead tech. So it's not what we saw today. Not huge cause for concern. The semis are just a couple of points or a few points away from new all-time highs still. So not a whole lot of concern there. But something, uh, another thing to keep an eye on, I think that makes three things that we'll keep an eye on here today. And then lastly here, our VRA Commodity Watch. As you know, we are bullish on this group and we have been for a long time. But the evidence for the coming bull market of this group is mounting and mounting heavily. Folks, we see this as the early innings of what a lot of people are saying could be a a commodity super cycle here. Gold and silver markets have been manipulated by big banks for years. And there are some cracks in their armor starting to show here, making the question of how long can they keep this trade alive for a, a a reality now, possibly. And it's a great question because I don't know if there's ever been a bigger disconnect between where gold and silver is trading, like the paper trading, such as ETFs like SLV and GLD, and the actual spot price of gold. We continue to hear from our clients all over the nation that their local dealers cannot keep up with demand. Wait times of one to two months to get there's to get what the gold and silver they are ordering and no one wants to sell what they have so it's it's really pretty simple supply and demand when you think about it from that point of view it, when you forget about the manipulation for a second demand is vastly outweighing the supply in both of our precious metals here and check this out at the end of January and the first day of February that 3 day period We saw the largest buying volume in the silver ETF, SLV, in history, with more than 545 million shares traded, but 
during that same period, we saw silver go up quickly up $2 or $3 went down too. So a net gain of $1 on silver with the biggest volume in history, it makes you ask some questions. What's, what's happening there? And what a lot of people are talking about, the real reason being for that small increase has everything to do with these big banks adding to their short positions here to stop the rally from getting out of hand and really destroying some of these banks. These banks are literally in the fight for their financial lives right now. As Ted Butler described, I love I loved this comparison. They're much like an individual who needs to max out their credit cards in a desperate attempt to stay solvent. So as this price suppression scheme perpetrated by big banks, which has been uncovered, there's been some fantastic work done on this. Uh, JP Morgan Chase has, has been fined many times because of things like this, and they won't even release all of the details of these lawsuits either. Pretty amazing. When you go back and look at the level of lawsuits that have been filed against J.P. Morgan Chase under their CEO, Jamie Dimon, and the fact that he is still the CEO of that company is true corruption. That is mafia-level corruption. It, it's incredible. So it, we see this as a short squeeze just waiting to happen. It's going to be one for the record books. Uh, that's the way we see it, at least. And, of course... These big banks have to do something. They'll probably think of some clever accounting way to get out of the situation that they're in so they won't be destroyed. But the move higher is destined to take place. When you look at the supply levels, and especially gold, but silver as well, and the level of mining exploration that's being done right now, they're two totally different worlds. Uh, and, and it takes time for these mines to come online. I mean, we're talking about when a... From where it goes from the geographical surveys of it to the actual mining of these takes years. So it's going to be some time before the supply can catch up with this demand here. So we remain, that's a long way of saying we remain extremely bullish on this group here. Looking at the prices on the day, gold now higher, just over one-tenth of one percent to 1836 Silver down today. Just about 1% to $27.30 an ounce. Copper up nice today, 1.46% to $3.71 a pound. And lastly here, oil now up 0.74% to $58.39 a barrel. Lastly for today, excuse me, cryptocurrency. Bitcoin continues its rally after yesterday's announcement that Tesla would be adding a billion and a half of Bitcoin onto their balance sheets. So that rally just continued to expand, up 6.77% today to 47,158. Uh, just an incredible move here from Bitcoin. Something that doesn't get as much conversation, especially in the mainstream financial media, is where Bitcoin is coming from. Because it requires a lot of energy to mine Bitcoin and when you look at the energy output it takes to, to mine Bitcoin, it's something like the level of you could power all of Argentina for a year on the levels that they spend on, on Bitcoin. And 
two-thirds of all Bitcoin is mined in China on coal. So you'll see, you do see some pieces out there about how Bitcoin contributes to climate change and, and contributes to global CO2 emissions. And yes, that is the case, but it's really interesting. Once again, mined on coal. China is opening enough coal facilities this year to produce 210 megawatts of power. That is more than all other countries combined times 10 this year. And we're just going to give them a pass on this. Again, where, where in the media do you see this? China is supposed to be in the Paris Climate Accord. That, that's a, a, a joke. How, how are they, the, the Paris Climate Accord group, allowing that to happen? And then here in the United States, we're cutting deals like the Keystone Pipeline when that will actually be as, now how do you get the oil out? If you don't have a pipeline, it takes trucks and trains. That sounds like a recipe for more CO2 emissions, far more than the pipeline actually would have been. I mean, it's, it's almost mind-blowing to see this happen. Because it seems like a joke. Why would you do that? But, and I don't want to get conspiracy theory level here, but that is what the folks at the World Economic Forum want. You've, well, you've probably heard a lot about Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset. In their minds, they don't want America to be energy independent. That hurts them. They don't, it really likely has nothing to do with the climate agenda. They just don't want the U.S. to be energy independent. And as much as it pains me to say that, we just got to take a look at the facts, what they're doing right now, and prepare ourselves for it. And there is an upside to that. It tells us that the price of oil is heading higher. You've probably heard us talk about it here before, but we remain bullish on this group, and there's one primary reason for that. A lot of folks, when we tell people we're bullish on oil, you know, well, Biden just shut down the Keystone Pipeline. Regulation is coming. They're not allowed to frack on federal lands anymore. Well, there's one key reason that they're forgetting about, and that is that the only way for green tech, solar and wind, to be profitable would be to have high oil prices. For them, for solar and wind to be competitive with oil, you need oil in the price range of about $100. And it really is that simple. They want to continue to push that agenda, make solar and wind the next big sources of energy, so they need higher oil prices. That is exactly why we continue to see oil hitting $100 a barrel over the next 12 to 18 months. There's, We can't find anybody with that high of a price target right now. And honestly, folks, it could be to the low side. That is how quickly they might be moving this forward. And regardless if it hits $100 a barrel or not, we remain extremely bullish on this group. We continue to see it going higher from here. Folks, that is all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top. We'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.